If you are planning to tune into the Oval in the Octagon, we are sorry for this is a special programming replacement. It's a student section special super selection Sunday special, but I will introduce this no more. For that, we have your first host. He is an idea man. He loves his truck, Eric Church, and his dog, RJ. He's a lean, mean, sassy machine. It's Brooks, the heart of Dalton Carter. Oh, my gosh. So I'm guessing that was supposed to be your uh, your MMA announcer impersonation there. but uh, Yikes. <laughs> wow. Uh, wel- welcome into this special edition of the student section here on Selection Sunday. I'm joined by Baker Lehman and Andrew Wallace. Uh, later in the show, you'll be joined by Thursday host Seth Juniak and Friday host Crawford, Ro- Crawford Rogers. I have with me, like I said, the, the other Friday host, Andrew Wallace, and Monday's host, Baker Lehman. Our Wednesday host could not make it because he's at a family wedding in Birmingham. Yeah, well, weddings are fun. That is Andy Bass. But, Priorities. Welcome into the show this evening. We've got a two-hour show lined up for you with all the instant analysis and breakdown of the NCAA tournament coming up this upcoming Thursday. Um, first, we're going to do a recap over the of the conference championships that took place today, and also run down the list of the automatic bids from conference championship from the conference championship week. And uh, so, let's get into it, guys. Uh, all right, first on the list was the was the Harvard Crimson out of the Ivy League. They uh, the Ivy League doesn't have a conference uh, championship tournament, so they won it due to the regular season. Uh, and then there was Eastern Kentucky, which. Uh, I know. I know. Uh, Alex Simpson talked about them because he's a right. He's a home Kentucky state. He's a home guy. state Kentucky guy. <laughs> well, I'm sure you can tell us a little bit about them. Eastern Kentucky. I couldn't tell you a single thing. How you? you I'm more of a hilltopper guy. I'm a Western Kentucky kind of guy. Well, you essentially live in Kentucky, so I thought you. I thought you would at least be able to tell us something about the Ohio Valley Conference. Well, let's keep going down through here, though. Coastal Carolina out of the Big South, Mercer out of the Atlantic Sun, then obviously Wichita State out of the Missouri Valley Conference. They will be a number one seed, as anticipated. Uh, Delaware out of the Colonial Athletic Association. Manhattan out of the MAAC. Um, can you can y'all tell me who what that what that stands for? The Mid Atlantic Athletic Conference. Oh, Metro Atlantic. Ah, uh, well. Yeah, know that. <laughs> Walford out. Of, to be quite honest, <laughs> Walford out of the Southern Conference, Mount St. Mary's in a huge upset over uh, over Robert Morris coming out of the Northeast Conference. They will have a, a losing. Uh, they'll have a non-winning record coming into the tournament. Milwaukee out of the Horizon League, North Dakota State out of the Summit League, Gonzaga out of the West Coast Conference. Alex Biscus, uh, that's his favorite team there, the Zags. American University out of the Patriot League, Albany out of the American East, Tulsa out of Conference USA. Louisville with a big win yesterday over uh, UConn. They wrapped up the AAC in their only season in that conference. St. Joe's out of the Atlantic 10. Virginia just wrapping up out of the ACC earlier today, beating Duke in that game. Iowa State defeats Baylor yesterday for the Big 12 championship. <coughs> Providence wins over Creighton yesterday in an upset to get into the Big East, uh, winning the Big East uh, championship to get into the NCAA tournament. Weber, uh, Weber State out of the Big Sky. Michigan State out of the Big Ten today beating the Michigan Wolverines. I don't know why you're looking at me. Michigan won the regular season. It doesn't matter. Michigan State beat, <laughs> no, them, it beat them when it mattered. No, it doesn't. 
Cal Poly, Cal Poly out of the Big West. That was uh, that was that game was on last night. Cal Poly will enter the NCAA tournament with a thirteen and nineteen yeah. record. Yeah. They're definitely going to be in the first four in that uh, sixteen seed play-in game. Um, the winner of that game will likely play the will likely play the, the Florida Gators, yeah. which are probably going to be the overall number one seed. Uh, then they, we have Western Michigan out of the uh, out of the MAC, North Carolina Central out of the MEAC. Uh, New Mexico out of the Mountain West, UCLA out of the Pac-12, Florida out of the SEC, just winning earlier today in a thrilling fashion over Kentucky, Stephen F. Austin out of the Southland Conference, Louisiana Lafayette out of the Sun Belt, out of the Sun Belt, and then New Mexico State out of the Western Athletic Conference. That rounds up the uh, that that rounds up the the automatic bids as uh, they're now starting to uh did I miss? unveil texas southern out of the swack oh, too. T- texas southern out of the swack the southwestern athletic conference they're beginning to unveil some of the seeds here now uh did they did they give the number florida ones? will be the number one overall yeah. seed and the two seed in their region will be kansas and they'll play that eastern kentucky team that we just mentioned Wow. So, uh, yeah. So Kansas, uh, there was a lot of. There's been a lot of debate over who that final number one seed has, uh, is going to be. You know, it's kind of been synonymous that it's going to be between uh, or the the, th- the top three seeds are going to be Florida, Wichita State, and Arizona, and uh, the the other one's been you know kind of a toss up between Kansas, Virginia, Michigan. And I've even heard people throw Louisville's name in there as well. So, uh, <clears throat> well, well, it'll be interesting to see who they do, in fact, to give that other number one seed to. Yeah, I really like UVA and Louisville just because Michigan lost. I think if Michigan had won, then they would have hopped over both of those schools and been the three. But I think that Louisville moves into that third overall number one spot and University of Virginia moves into that fourth overall one spot. Well, you see, with Louisville, the problem with I have with Louisville being a number one seed would be the fact that their resume overall throughout the season is not phenomenal. They, beat, they got a lot of wins, have a very high ranking, overall, but have not beaten a lot of ranked teams. They, in fact, have a losing record against ranked teams this season, and I think that that's going to hurt them down the line. Yes, they wrapped up the AAC conference tournament yesterday, but I don't think that's enough to just beat a new UConn team for the second time in a week. I don't think that's enough to make them uh, number one seed. Virginia, I'd say it goes between Virginia and Michigan. Both are very deserving. As you mentioned, I'm comparing their schedules right now. Michigan had a slow start to the, se- uh, slow start to the season. Their first loss was like Iowa State, who's obviously become a very good team, uh, lost to Duke, lost to Arizona in a thrilling game, uh, and lost to Charlotte, which is not a good loss, obviously. But then you have Virginia on the other side, and you just see a lot of a lot of good wins. Obviously, Duke today, Pittsburgh when they were ranked 18, Syracuse, but you also just see uh, a loss to Wisconsin, a loss to Green Bay, and Green Bay is not a bad team, but at the same time, they're not a team that you want to loss to on your resume when you're going in for a number one seed. Uh, I, I think it's going to go either way. Uh, both are very deserving, but uh, to me, just because of Michigan beating a Michigan State team twice, beating an Iowa team when they were ranked in the top ten, beating, uh, <clears throat> sweeping a Nebraska team who had a bunch of big wins this year, and taking one of two away from Wisconsin as well, even with the lost day, and beating an Ohio State team twice who was ranked, I think Michigan earns the seed just based on more ranked wins. And Baker, you being a Big Ten guy, I think the one thing we can both agree on is both the Big Ten and the ACC are way better than the American Athletic Conference. I think so, world. without a doubt and I think that those two consistently I mean obviously with the, the kind of fall part of the Big East and the new AAC which uh, is very kind of thing which the AAC is extremely top heavy there's absolutely only, there's there's five teams at the top and then the, the rest of them are even struggling to get to 500 in the conference absolutely and I think that overall 
the ACC and the Big Ten seem to always come out as the two of the top conferences, uh, if not the top two. And, you know, the Big East, or last year's Big East, was always in that mix, too. Uh, obviously, Louisville being the national champion uh, as, the big, as a member of the Big East and now potentially trying to get back as a, the leader of the AAC. But I'm going to go with Michigan. Obviously, I'm a Wolverine fan, so I'm a little biased. Even with the loss today, I didn't expect Michigan to win that game because there was no way that a Tom Izzo and a senior-led team was going to lose to their rival three times in the same season. Michigan State had a lot more motivation to win that game to try and get a higher seed, albeit in potentially a harder bracket, but still a higher seed. And I just think for the most part, the Big Ten Championship didn't mean that much besides Michigan maybe locking up that fourth number one seed. I, I think overall it doesn't have a big effect on how either team is going to play in the tournament. I have, I'm going to have both of them going far in my bracket. Well, it appears that the uh, the process of this year's selection, uh, selection show on CBS is a little bit different than it has been in previous years. Normally they started the show with number one seed Mm-hmm. And I told and gave you all four of them to begin with, and it appears that they're going region by region. Well, yeah, no, recently they've just done region by region. Well, I, I, I guess I, I I liked it the other way. You're an old school guy. <laughs> I, I, I want to know I, I want to know who my number one seeds are to start with, and then we can go from there. But uh, they they just released the South region to begin with. We'll get into that later in the show. Uh, let, let's talk a little bit about the uh, the conference championships that happened today. Though we had. The Big Ten on the line, which we've talked about a little bit. They had the SEC on the line. Those were the big two today. And then there were also a couple of other ones mixed in there as well. Both of those just ended within the last hour. The SEC championship game was a very, you know, was a very good game. Kentucky came on strong with that big 13-0 run to get back in the ball game, and Florida really handed them a chance to win that ball game there at the end. Uh, you know, missing multiple free throws, and Kentucky could not prevail. Yeah, you look at Kentucky too. The Harrison brothers really pulled it through in terms of just shooting in clutch situations. But Scotty Wobekin, the SEC Player of the Year, closes out the game with a fantastic play on defense. There's about 10 seconds left in the game, 13 to be precise, and he's able to deter the driving Harrison twin and take the ball away from him and it ended with the ball on the floor in chaos as the SEC championship game should have ended well looking at this uh, a lot of people are going to take away that you know oh well Kentucky actually has a shot and I know Crawford Rogers one of our other hosts will be on a little bit as a big Kentucky fan but to me this is just the this is the story of Kentucky season they come up very, very short. They're incredibly talented, but they aren't just mature enough or team-oriented enough to come through in big situations and big moments, especially when they really had a chance to win this game against a good Florida team. Yeah, there's not really one number that really stands out for me, too, when I look over the box score, but there are two players that when I compare to the elite guys on the Florida Gators, Dakari Johnson and Willie Cauley-Stein just couldn't match up against Patrick Young. Patrick Young, in only 21 minutes of play, was 6-for-9 with 14 two more minutes, guess. and 5 rebounds. So. Uh, very good numbers for him against Collie Stein and Johnson, who had over 40 minutes apiece. Wilbekin, who was announced as the SEC tournament MVP, the, uh, six of the seven players that were uh, elected to the All SEC tournament team were uh, present in this ball game. The only other one being Jarnell Stokes, the double double machine from Tennessee, actually got to vote for the uh, All SEC tournament team. I was that was pretty cool. But uh, you media guru. <laughs> but um, yeah. Uh, Wilbekin wound up being the tournament MVP as he was the regular season player of the year. So, uh, Did you guys agree with that? Excuse me. Did you guys agree with Wilbekin being the SEC player of the year over Julius Randle? Despite, obviously, well, Florida is the better team. What, but. I, what I said to Seth was Florida is the best team, and you could make an argument for Trevor Relliford, but at the same time, I, I think that Florida, the game manager of Florida, 
was Scotty Wilbekin. He was the guy who, in the half court and on defense, called everything, got them into their sets. And I think when you have a Billy Donovan coach team to have a coach on the floor, literally, that's what makes Florida as dominant as they were. And stats don't really showcase that in the form of Scotty Wilbekin. So, yes, I think he deserved it. Yeah, I I completely agree with that. I mean, and the other thing is Julius Randle had some off games this season. He He wasn't one, too. What? He was one for seven in in this game. Yeah, I mean, he he wasn't – he didn't have the consistency like like I think Wilbekin did. Wilbekin in Florida, for that matter, I think it just reflects their team. Kentucky was a very inconsistent team. Florida wasn't. So Wilbekin, game in, game out, was a really good – like Andrew said, game game manager, great team leader. And I think also they kind of gave him a bit of a a lifetime achievement award there because he's the senior and he's kind of done well all three years. I know that's not necessarily fair, but that could have been some influence as to why they gave him the award as well. And that's fair. I, I, I think Julius Randle is the most talented and best player in the conference. Agreed. Obviously not on the best team, but uh, that was my only argument for him. I was just curious because I had a lot of back and forth with people about that just you know, in casual debate. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they, they're, and they're starting to announce the West region here as Arizona State has been announced as the Arizona. One, sorry, Arizona has been announced as the number one seed in the West, so they will be playing in California. We'll get into that on the other side. Uh, on the other side of the break, Baker will be back as your host, along with Seth Juniak and Crawford Rogers stepping in. You're listening to the special edition of the student section here on this Sunday evening. We'll be right back. Oh, my God. 